What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. The grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a grade cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. The grade cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel a gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Grade Cricketer Podcast. On today's show, England knock over the West Indies as Joe Root scores his second hundred of the World Cup while England start popping hamstrings like they're going out of fashion. The rain threatens to end the World Cup and some people's belief in global warming. The ICC put a ban on Michael Holding from telling the truth and no one can watch the English games on TV. Fatushna Hantharaja joins the show, possibly from a train in the UK, to talk Jofra Archer, England and memes all before hashtag Ask TGC. My name is Ian Higgins and I'm joined by Sam Perry in Melbourne. Pez, good morning to you. You know, most people, they're at the, you know, it's, it's Saturday morning here in Australia. People are asleep, not us, not the great cricketer. We're going we're gonna to talk about England and the West Indies for the people's enjoyment all across this great land and the world. <laughs> all we do is deliver, he goes. All we do is deliver That's to it. our Australian constituents. Uh, especially on Saturday morning, as this is going to be an England-loving show again. Lots of commentary yes. from our fans uh, imploring us to stop speaking in such glowing terms about England. Does that say more That's about right. Australians than it does English people? Yes, without a doubt. <laughs> but, yeah, good morning. Here goes. Uh, here we are on Saturday morning to discuss a lot of England stuff uh, in the absence of an Australian victory. They were very good overnight. Uh, I would like to borrow... A uh, prominent social media commentator, a great follow, Dave Tickner, uh, who just said mm-hmm. simply, Root is Roy, Wokes is Root. Yes, <laughs> that's right. If you don't know what happened last night, England suffered many, many injuries, and by that I mean two, uh, mm-hmm. resulting in the promotion of Chris Wokes to number three, which would be the equivalent, I think, of Nathan Coulton Isle being number three yes. for Australia. He hit 40. He came in at number three and anchored like Joe Root and hit 40 against the West Indies, uh, who mm. nearly bowled us out for 130. So, mm. what are you going to do? Yes, that's, uh, that's right, Pez. I was having a think about uh, this this morning, actually, uh, as I got out of bed at five o'clock this morning. And I thought to myself, Pez, I thought, England have got to the point where um, they're just starting to give guys a go in the World Cup. And, <laughs> uh, you know, Works, Works doesn't have much of a hit. Ben Stokes hasn't had much of a hit so far in this World Cup. Uh, you know, I mean, got got eighty in the first game, I suppose. But they're like, well, we're absolutely cruising this match. Uh, Two hundred against this West Indies team, who just are obsessed with bowling short, 
let's let's give a couple of guys a go because we might need them later in the tournament. And that reminded me a lot of the great Australian teams uh, in the in the World Cup winning eras that we had. Um, so I, you know, fair play to them. Let's just start giving blokes a go in a very, in a legitimately competitive World Cup game. Fair play to them. I also note that uh, in the West Indies camp, um, just or just just their tactics. I mean, in their first couple of games that they've played, Pakistan and Australia, the bowling has been absolutely on point. It's been fiery. It's been amazing. It's been really really good to watch. When it doesn't work out, it's it's literally just just blokes playing halfway down the wicket with with no threat. So. But it's hard. But saying saying that, I mean, I thought England batted so well. Bairstow, Root, Wokes come in, and then Ben Stokes has just whacked a couple of fours to finish the game. So um, people wonder why we uh, we talk up England. Uh, it's because they're really good and they're going to win. <laughs> I, I really am looking forward to the England versus India final. He goes. Oh um, yeah. Well, that's incorrect, you know, because what I am looking forward to is getting a an absolute tirade of abuse from Australians when. For whatever godforsaken reason, there's some kind of humidity around on semi-final day and start takes Pfeiffer and Australia's tactic of um, hoping for humidity and a wet wicket on the semi-final pays off. Yeah, uh, I actually say that as a coping mechanism in case that actually happens. But um, of course, yeah, yes. England, England fan, England impregnable. Uh, you say that, you say he goes, and rightly so. That uh, it's all good to bowl short as a great tactic, but. Uh, when you're defending 200, it just looks like you're bowling halfway down the wicket. Well, it's like, you know, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter, isn't it? Mm. Do England make mm. that bowling look a little bit easier? Possibly. Mm. I got, they mm. did have England hopping around with some short stuff. Uh, I, mm. You know, Root definitely looked a little unsteady. Uh, I noted um, Dre Russ, who, again, was bowling on one leg and with one arm before mm. going off injured, uh, used his ultimate delivery or his last delivery to lid the hell out of Johnny Bairstow. Uh, yep. And then walk off. So essentially, mm. Dre, if you haven't seen the highlights, Andre Russell delivered the ball. Um, it followed Johnny Bester, who was just giving himself um, a mountain of room on the offside with most deliveries he was facing. Uh, it just followed him and cannon into his grill, big styles, and like made one of those really kind of car crashy sound thuds. Yeah. When it hit, and then Russell fell on the deck, and so did Bester. <laughs> at the same time, mm. just uh, two blokes falling on the deck for different reasons. Um, mm. Bairstow checked his lid, walked to Joe Root. Andre Russell walked off. Thought it's not the worst mm. way. It's not, last, it's not the worst way to go off the field, really. Just to lid someone, go, yeah, that that'll do. My body's gone now. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way to go out, <laughs> especially when uh, even by that point it was like, yeah, West, West Indies aren't winning this game, so just lid a bloke and then get off. Really, because um, show good how good a go. player you must be if you if because. Because Russell's body is has been cooked for many matches and probably many months. It's in pieces, Pez. That he's actually still able to lid Johnny Bairstow with his final mm. delivery before going. That's, mm. uh, I, I cannot go on. Mm. I find I find the West Indies tactics generally. Um, I mean, there's there's been a bit of chat about you know England what they do if Plan A doesn't work because they all sort of just go to you know try and hit it at 120, 150 from ball one. If that doesn't work out, then, you know, what do they do? The West Indies just have just in, in all aspects, just the most one dimensional play. Like we're just going to bounce blokes. But then with the batting, <clears throat> I heard uh, Shane Warne talk about uh, Andre Russell uh, when, when he was batting and say, you've got to get a spin on early because it doesn't matter who's bowling. He'll try and hit you for six. And if he just, if he just comes to the wicket, he hasn't got the pace to wicket and everything. Um, he will, uh, you know, there's a great chance of getting him out early. 
And like, just like everyone's identified this, Rashid comes on straight away and uh, uh, drop catch. Uh, actually, England's fielding was actually quite poor again uh, in this game. Anyway, but but just just the tactics of no spinners on. I will whack him for six. Chris Gale just like refuses to run singles because mm-hmm. like no, I will just do this in boundaries. Um, I mean, I've got my own issues with Chris Gale as a whole, um, mm, but you know that's that's nothing to hit on there. Um, but so we we'll just move on to um, to Chris Wokes, who yep. um, now now opens the opens the bowling for England and bats three. So so he's so he's an amalgamation of Ponting and Bradman mm-hmm. and Shane Warne. Well, he's he's love Shane almost. He's like <laughs> <laughs> front line leggy bats three for Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know if you. I don't know how much you you, you saw of Wokes buying, but um, he he. I wouldn't actually got three wickets each, but uh, Wokes is bowling at the top of the innings was really really steady, really impressive. He's a funny guy, Wokes, because I think a lot of Australians have, would have just seen him play in Australia, where the Kookaburra ball does fuck all and he can't swing it, so he's just kind of like this military medium. But in England, he's legitimately dangerous and. Um, and on the test matches as well, he'd be he'd be right in contention for the Ashes, uh, no question. Um, obviously, he bats so well as well. So, um, a shout out to Chris Wokes. Just shout out to our um, friend Chris if you are listening, and I'm sure you are. Exactly. He's, he's a it's good funny. Cricketer. It's it's, it's funny, uh, you know. Half our audience is, is in the UK. Uh, not, not, no, no one's really saying, "Hey, hey, boys, thanks for thanks for beating up England." It's just, just Australians saying, "Like, fuck," and they haven't won, they haven't won anything yet. They haven't won yeah. anything yet, and they haven't. To be fair, so fair play. That's good feedback to get. There's um, a lot of rain around uh, in this World Cup so far. Um, is the World Cup over? Should we be playing it in different countries? Uh, England and Wales, you know, cricket should never be played there at any time, especially the summer. Um, it's been good, hasn't it? It's been really good, mate. It sucks when matches are rained off. But how did you get into cricket in the first place if you haven't reckoned <laughs> with the idea of rain? Yes. You know, I, I just, like, I've worked in the sports business industry myself. My main insight is that it's just full of, you know, blokes aged 26 to 34 who all wear the same clothes. That's uh, right. And uh, the same white shoes that are just fractionally too young for their age. And, mm. uh, you know, and do conferences with beers on the table. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're all white and they talk the same way. But mm. sports, you know, sports business chat would dictate that we need to find a solution for rain. You know, content, entertainment content these days can't... Mm. Um, it can't handle, can't, doesn't, shouldn't have time for rain. But, uh, mm. you know, it's cricket. It's England. It's quaint. It's like numbers on the back of jerseys. You know, don't start that conversation. Otherwise, you know, you won't get a podcast on a particular platform ever again. But uh, <laughs> cricket has a bit of quaintness to it. Deal with yeah. it. It's cool, you know. Yeah. If, if they have to share the World Cup at the end, well, that's funny too. Mm. There'll be heaps of articles about it. Do you think? Um, do you think the ICC and the power of the BCCI are actually, um, you know, they're actually triggering global warming? Like that's how they that's how they're going to solve the rain. They're just going to make it so hot that it never rains anywhere. Is that is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying, Sam Perry? Uh, yeah, and you've well, you've read between the lines uh, of what I was saying before. <laughs> so obviously, I do like the idea of like, I mean, the ICC, rightly so. You know, I mean, the ICC are generating cat memes at the moment uh, on social media. We haven't talked about that, but they're. I don't know mm. if you saw this. He goes, but they put a they put a post out the other day of like catifying players, 
Okay, like I Pat haven't Cummins seen that. And Pat was in inverted commas because you pat a cat. And I cannot think of one other example because I X'd out of it immediately, but it was disgraceful. Oh, and those little fuck cat me. On top of players. But um, I like the idea of like just putting the ICC up there with FIFA, you know, just as a completely disreputable organisation with heaps of money. Yeah. And, you know, are there any yeah. jobs going at the ICC? Yeah. You know, I'd love to look at it. Well, social media manager for one. Get me that ICC cheddar, you know, please. Yeah. uh, Yeah, are they responsible for global warming? I guess in short, yes, mate. Yes. Mate, just speaking on the ICC, you would have come across the the, uh, the, the myriad articles during the week about Michael Holding. Great use of myriad, he goes. Well done. Thank you, mate. Inserting the elf there. Cheers. Um, uh, Michael Holding said. Um, he was criticising the umpires and the ICC who said, well, you know, you are working for us as a commentator, so please don't tell the truth. Uh, please don't actually commentate the game. Just be a mouthpiece for what we want you to say. They didn't say that explicitly, but they basically said, like, well, we don't feel comfortable with you working as the ICC because they, the, uh, they are the broadcaster um, and they're streaming it across the world to all the different uh, platforms. Uh, so, you know, don't, don't actually criticise the thing um, that you're commentating on working for us. It's a weird situation, um, of which Michael Holding said, "You know, I've been commentating for thirty years, and if you want me, if you want me to be, just become a mouthpiece, well, then that ain't going to work out too well for anyone." Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm not here to it's, sell. It's a I'm weird situation. Yes, it's a weird situation, isn't it, mate? I mean, I, it happened last night. There was a tell you what, Dharma Seema had an absolutely stinking game. He had an absolutely stinking game, Pez. Terrible. There was an LBW which was hitting all six stumps, and he gave that not out. Um, yeah. uh, I thought it was sliding uh, down, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shay, I hope. Uh, there, was, there was another couple of ones which he gave not out, which were overturned. Uh, then when both teams had burnt both their reviews uh, and their heads had been burnt out by Dharma Seema. Uh, the, uh, the the final wicket caught off the shoulder. Uh, Michael Holding commentating, and he he basically he, he had to he had to say, well, this is what you get when you you know your teammates you know burn the reviews. Uh, so he sort of um, he he was towing the party line, so to speak, a little bit. But um, it, it's it's uh, it's it's a weird situation, and which was one we've come across ourselves recently, Pez, uh, about uh, you know if you're working for organisations who you know broadcast the cricket. Then it is uh, it, it is a tricky one where you can't no no one wants you to criticise. And for the for the listeners bristling um, who may have been watching at uh, twelve thirty a.m. or, or one a.m. as I was, mm. the funny thing about holding biting his tongue was um, with that situation he was like, well he can't review it although it's clearly hit his shoulder because his mm. teammates have burned him there. Um, yes, and uh, an over later they showed the snicko and. And, he, and Brathwaite snicked it, so <laughs> he was out. <laughs> and uh, and I was waiting, you know, because I saw Twitter lit up, going, "Easy, Mike, easy, Mikey, hold your tongue." <laughs> and uh, and then the snicko came on to show that the bloke clearly edged it. And uh, I was hoping that there'd be a mere culpa or something, some acknowledgement from Holding, who was so upset at some poor umpiring or perceived poor umpiring. Nothing. Mm. So that was disappointing. Straight after the edge, he just stayed quiet, and I think it was maybe Hussein took it. Uh, come on, Mickey, you've inserted yourself into the story. <laughs> maybe not inserted, but you're in the story. Play the role. Uh, I'm absolutely on the side of Michael Holding. I mean, well, I just don't understand the idea that the umpires are somehow agents of the ICC separate from yeah. the players. I mean, they are performers. Yeah. 
there's actually a really great uh, there's a really great article penned by Simon Taufel uh, for a new platform called Today's Tale. It's not this is not an adver- ad- advertisement, but uh, he wrote about umpiring India versus Pakistan, and you can just tell with umpires. I mean, they do talk about their own performances in terms of you know how they were seeing it that day, <laughs> you know how they were coming, out, how, how the decisions were coming out, mm. uh, just like spinners. But um, mm. yeah, how you know umpires should be as subject to as much scrutiny as players. Simple, and also it winds people up massively. So you know. Pess, I'm going to take this moment to um to to just derail this conversation and just Please. say that geez, Simon Tarfel would be a great he'd be a great uh, podcast guest, wouldn't he? Like, wouldn't it be great? He, he'd be my top three, I reckon, to to get on. If he, I, I, if I've he's seen to go speak hard. before. Yeah, oh, only go. then, only then. But also, even even if not, uh, happy to just get some stories. I mean, there's there's a few white whales we've got out there, pairs with a great cricketer in terms of guests. Um, mm. Go on. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Shane Watson just seems just ungettable. Uh, <laughs> despite, mm. despite you know, a couple of requests. Mm. Uh, who else couldn't we get? Ponting's probably gettable at some at some point. Shane Warren's not gettable. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Peterson be the same. Uh, but yeah, I, I, followed yeah, us and then he did follow us. And I think someone did a tweet, uh, maybe criticising him or something. And then there was none follow. So um, you know, that's how the internet works. Well. And that's how this game works. But yeah, Towerful. It wouldn't he be great? Just just a, an umpire with character. Ian Gould might be alright as well. Mm. Um, well, Taufel uh, played grade cricket, as did Daryl Hare. So yes, you know. yeah, so Daryl Hare be another question. one. Mm. Yeah, I mean these these throwdowns write themselves. Mm. Uh, Let's have an internal meeting uh, on air. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jeez, uh, Gal's a good player. Um, there's uh, something that's something's also been in the media in the UK a lot, not not just this week, but across um, across the board during this World Cup is the lack of accessibility for English people to watch the games because it's not on free to air TV. Um, a friend of the show, Ali Martin, wrote a, uh, wrote, a, wrote an article saying that there is a chance that the final may actually be accessible to free to air viewers in the UK. But it is a it is a really funny thing about how. Cricket in England have stifled themselves where there's like 500,000 people watching these games at the World Cup, right? And you think, oh, that's actually quite good. And then you realise that 6.1 million people are watching the Women's World Cup on the BBC. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a funny situation and maybe one that Australia, you know, needs to be wary of as, as they, you know, slowly move into the subscription-only uh, accessibility for the... Um, you know, for, for cricket in this country, uh, obviously Channel Nine's had it for so long now. Seven and, and and Fox Sports have it for the next few years, but it is probably slowly moving into going to be put behind a paywall. And it's a uh, it's you know it's um it's a bit of a it's a bit of a worrying sign when you see what's happening with cricket in England with the you know these these like low viewing numbers. Yeah, mate. Look, absolutely. So the background for those who aren't across the vagaries of how England have managed its broadcast TV, and I'm only saying it's at extremely high level, but. Cricket was available on free-to-air TV uh, all the way until 2005. Uh, some of the numbers that they got for that famous Ashes series uh, haven't been bettered. You're talking multiple millions of people watching the cricket, and you can only imagine the kind of engagement that that you know that the flow-on engagement that creates. Um, as soon as that was over, uh, that series was over. The New Deal was um, handed all the way to Sky. Uh, and completely off the BBC bar, the odd highlights package as far as I understand it. And it has, you know, then diminished the TV numbers to, a, you know, by a factor of eight to ten. And it is funny when you go to the UK to note 
that cricket is essentially a special interest sport uh, now. So it's a it's a yeah it's a it's it's a cautionary tale for Australian cricket who has you know its cricket behind both a paywall and free to wear at the moment. So you know it's a question for administrators. You know, and and it's one that asks of them. You know, their existential question. Do you know? You know, to what interests? What interests do they serve? You know, there is more money in pay TV. You know, there's more short term money, but what long term uh, effect do you have on the game by putting it entirely behind a paywall? They're probably some simplistic terms I'm putting them in, but you know, it's a pretty simple equation, isn't it? You know, more eyeballs, more engagement. Uh, I think it speaks to the heart of what administrators are there for, though. You know, Cricket Australia, as Gideon Hay very often points out, uh, is is essentially a not-for-profit business. You know, who's and is, and is a taxpayer taxpayer funded business uh, or organisation. So its interests are, are the people that it serves, not just the bottom line and the profit. So I, I, I feel like I'm probably speaking in a manner as though Cricket Australia are thinking of veering towards pay TV or putting it behind a paywall, I don't understand. I don't think that's the case. But uh, that's where England have kind of gone and it means that they get fewer eyeballs in their country, which has, you know, triple the population of Australia. Um, just just yeah. to um, just to give an example of how far cricket has fallen in the UK, I was reading an article the other day and I should be I should be citing who, who, who wrote the article, but I cannot for the life of me, Pez, think of who wrote it. Um, but uh, they were saying that uh, cricket's fallen so far that uh, there's, there's some Channel 4 highlights in the UK, which is on free-to-air for those Australian viewers playing at home. Uh, and it screens at 1am uh, after a show which is entitled My Dog is Gay and Other Pets. Um, so... Uh, you know, it's uh, it's not high on the agenda of people. Well, it's like when, yeah, uh, you know, our Channel 7 show, you know, went on at 4pm uh, up against yes. Channel 10's Totally Wild and, uh, <laughs> you know, we got schooled. That's a good show, Totally Wild, to be fair. To be fair... To be fair, very catchy intro tune. That's what mm. that's what undid us, in my opinion. Um, Pez, we're going to speak to Vitushna Hatharaja. Well, we're going to try to anyway on the train. Uh, you know, if there's if if Vish isn't on right now, uh, it'll be because um, he went through a tunnel or something or other metaphors and euphemisms like that. Uh, then after that, hashtag AskTJC. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Well... You know what? We tried. We tried to get Vitushna Hantharaja on the phone, and we sort of got him. Well, no, we did get him, uh, and he even apologised uh, for some potential sound issues upcoming, and then he went through a tunnel just as he was giving the most eloquent, funny, erudite answer anyone's ever given on this podcast. It was a great interview, and then it cut out, and we thought, you know what? Um, over the years, we, we've, we've heard our listeners' ears enough with, uh, with poor quality sound, um, and, uh, you know, it's just not worth it. Uh, so... Um, uh, apologies to Vish and apologies to the listener out there that you don't get your fix of Vish. But I tell you what, go on his Twitter because it's the second best Twitter on the internet after the great cricketer. <clears throat> um, Pez, hashtag after RCGC. Crick shouts. 
And cricket shouts, yes. Is it cricket shouts or cricket shouts? I can't remember which one it is. I don't know. Uh, my favourite thing I'll is when other know. cricket accounts just blatantly just just um, just steal our stuff. Um, mm. But then it is good that we then get about fifty notifications of people saying that they're stealing. Anyway, uh, you know, Twitter jokes. Why don't you write back to them, guys. Don't write to us. Twi- <laughs> write back to them. Start a fight. Twitter jokes on the internet. That's what people have tuned in to this podcast mm. for. Um, Pez, couple of live shows coming up, mate. Um, you know, I haven't got this on the agenda, but I think we should be talking about it. Uh, you know, Sydney and Melbourne, tickets are selling. Sydney's, Sydney's half gone, or is it half empty, or is it half full? I'm not sure, but half the tickets are gone for the Sydney show, uh, and it's in a month's time, so tickets are going. So I recommend if you want to bring a couple of the boys along, a couple of the girls along, whatever you want to do, uh, you know, come along to the Sydney show. It's at the Comedy Store, the 25th of July. We're going to be in Melbourne. Tickets, you know what? Tickets a little slower. Tickets a little slower in Melbourne. Let's call it a spade a spade, Pez. Tickets are a little slower in Melbourne. Um, so, you know, tickets are available. Uh, they won't be slow once we announce who the guest is, though. I'd just forgotten about uh, that, mate. i just forgotten about that. Yeah. That's actually exciting. Well, we won't do that just yet, but... Uh, and I would say that, wouldn't I? But mm. we had confirmation of a guest yesterday, and... Uh, well, he'll be parking himself on stage, mm. and uh, mm. it should be good. It should be good. <laughs> yep, we've if got the park cricketer the cast, from Facebook. That reference will make sense. But yeah, it's right, the park <laughs> cricketer. What happened to him? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. He, he got sick of copy and pasting, I think. Mm. Um. <laughs> it's cool. Which is funny. Anyway. Uh, let's just go through our history of, like, you know, people have come across over mm. the years of doing this thing. that shit. Yeah. Um, Pez, then we, we're going to the UK after that. Yeah, uh, you know, Birmingham, mm. Leeds, Manchester, London, London, uh, in between some corporate shows as well. So just a reminder that we are available for corporate shows in August in the UK. Check out our dates by going to greatcricketer.club and get us get us around your club. We'll, well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we do like getting around things and we'll get around anything mm. as long as you're paying us handsomely because we do have to eat food and, um, um, yeah. So all tickets available, Pez, for the live shows. Am I selling this well? Greatcricket.club. Uh, it's for all the live shows. I've uh, got some great and guests. And you're all doing entertainment around the ashes, some mm. sort of, you know, some using the ashes as a hook, mm. you know, probably the 05 ashes, which I would do if I was English as 100%. well. 100%. To be fair. If you want self-loathing Aussies, people prepared to, you know, put that magnifying glass to the, cultural wasteland that is Australia. Yeah. No, I'm not a loather. I'm actually a great lover of Australia. Then, uh, you know, don't go to some of our kind of 50 test playing, Javed, me and dad dismissing brethren <laughs> who'll also be doing those tours. Look at three blokes who played 30 years of combined grade cricket experience. Yeah? Have a look. Let's have a look at him. Let's have a look at this bloke. Have a look upstairs. Upstairs being gradecricketer.club. It's a contact form. And I'm sure we're half the price. Of the Java man now dismissing tickets, please. Storytelling friend of ours. Pez Luke writes in. He says, G'day, boys. What are the chances of discussing tactics to watch 48 days of back-to-back cricket? Besides the usual work obligations and trying to stay active through sleep deprivation, I've also got to manage the wife situation. It's all fine when Australia are playing. However, we're not covering neutral blockbusters, India versus New Zealand and England versus West Indies. Fear my ability to watch said games without hindrance. Appreciate your thoughts and advice. Thanks, Choppers. That comes from Luke. Um, so how does Luke watch 48 days of back-to-back cricket, Sam? He's got a wife and a job. Right, so it's important to delve into these things a little bit, mate. Like, you know, 
you can always do what you want in life unless you're kind of physically restrained by the law uh, or, you know, law and order agents. Sure. Like you can do what you want. You can watch 48 days of back to back cricket, but the parentheses in this question is and retain or maintain other elements of my life like my relationship and my work to some level of quality, mm. right? He could watch 48 days of back-to-back cricket, nude, without any food, and he dives. To, anyway, I won't, let's not go into that. So just, <laughs> okay. I don't know why that became the first thing I thought about. Yeah, okay. Yep. Weird. Um, so, yeah, he can do that, but can he do it while maintaining a relationship and work? I'd put it back to you, Luke. Is it, like, is it possible to maintain a, a, a healthy relationship if you're watching neutral cricket matches until sort of 4 or 5 a.m.? It, is it? It's probably not. Is, like, can you perform to any level of, like, quality or service to an organisation, however, you know, evil they are or not, if you watch cricket till 5 a.m. every morning? Probably not. So how do you do it? Well, you sit on the couch and you turn it on and you do it. Can you maintain the other two? No. Do you care about the other two? I mean, your actions would suggest not. And if you don't care about your relationship and your work, then presumably you're willing to let it go. Mm. So ask yourself, do I care about work? Do I care about my relationship? If the answer is yes, well, then you can't. It's impossible to watch 48 days of back-to-back cricket if you care. But the question is, do you, Luke? Do you care? Pez, I don't, um, you know, I don't have, uh, you know, a dog in this fight. Um, I don't know who Luke is. Don't know what his marital situation is. Uh, don't know if he's been going through a tough time. Don't know how much he really wants, you know, wants to be involved in the cricket. It seems like he wants to, it seems like he really needs to watch the cricket. Maybe he's gone through a stage where he's just been watching, you know, My Kitchen Rules, you know, Love Island. He's, he's had to put through some, some dark times through the summer and now he's going to cash in by 48 days of back-to-back cricket. I mean, don't worry about the blockbusters. I mean, when are you, when are you going to watch, you know, Sri Lanka, Afghanistan, the highlights? Uh, these sort of, you know, for me, for me, I can't, you know, my relationships um, tend to go for about an hour. That makes it sound like I'm um, hiring escorts. That's not necessarily the case. Um, you know, I'm a guy, Pez, who lives alone um, and just drinks wine, watching the World Cup and then tweets about it um, aggressively, saying that everyone's shit. So um, I, don't, I don't know what to tell Luke um, other than, you know, move out, find yourself a, find yourself a little wine better, um, you know, get yourself a glass of red. And uh, really tuck in for the World Cup, you know. Um, I noticed uh, last night, Pez, um, when I was scrolling through Twitter, watching the game last night. Big game, big game last night, right? England West Indies. You're thinking that's a that, that's a you know it's a big game. I haven't been much cricket this week, so I thought a good chance to to really you know slip into a Friday night. Um, and, uh, and, and away we went. But then I scrolled through Twitter, and uh, Shane Warne and uh, Mark War in my timeline had gone back to back tweets. <clears throat> and I was thinking, oh, what, are the, what are the boys up to? What, what, are, what, are, the, what are the old lads up to? Uh, Shane Warne was announcing to his Twitter followers um, that he was going to play Fortnite with his son uh, and that everyone should follow. And then Mark Wall was commentating on the West Tigers game. Uh, that, was during, um, that was during the West Indies batting innings. So good to see the, it's good to see the boys getting across that. So my advice to Luke is, well, if Shane Warne and Mark Wall don't watch it, um, then, you know, it's not for you. And get on Fortnite. <laughs> Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep, it's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah. 
I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine. A new kind of Chromebook. Okay, this is an anonymous question that comes in. And uh, and I'll read it from the start. Hi, TGC. Might be best to remain anonymous for this one. I'm a cricketer in the UK. I've played for a number of years as an opening bat and absolutely love getting squared up and sneaking off the second slip after a well-crafted 40, brackets 27. It is not in batting that my love of the game lies, but instead the post and sometimes pre-Matt Showers. We have an ageing left armer who is magical. He cleans up everyone and it has been commonplace for us to see oppositions at three for shit and games to be over before mid-afternoon. I've seen him take three hat-tricks, clean up professionals and humiliate club stalwarts. It was a shame, therefore, that a year or so ago, when sharing a shower, he took offence to me pissing on him. (laughs) Since then, he hasn't played so much. This indiscretion coincided with a nasty divorce, however, and my question is this. Does he no longer play because he fears a repeat of Pissgate, or rather because his now ex-wife flaunts herself during important cup games at our club? Thanks, TGC. Pez, we're getting a lot of questions over the years um, about blokes pissing on each other in the shower. And now that I think about it, I actually have seen this phenomenon take place, I think. Yes, no, I have. I have. I have seen it a couple of times, actually. God, Great Creek was some dark times in my life. Um, and uh, it's a, I think that's the crux of this crime because uh, it is an assault. Uh, in the showers, albeit, you know, just just a mild horse play. I don't know, in, you know, cricket affords you many great things, um, you know, the ability to waste, you know, an entire Saturday, an entire summer, and most of your youth uh, whilst damaging your skin irreparably. It can afford you that. It can also afford you some dark times, though. You know, it's not all good times. Uh, and, that's, and that's sharing a shower with men who then piss on you. It's a very aggressive play. And it's, uh, it's usually uh, committed, the, you know, the, the act of pissing on someone, urinating on someone is, is committed by the guy who perceives to be the biggest alpha of the team. It's a, it's a real alpha power play. But at the same time, it's, it's, I can't think of a more primal act <laughs> than to urinate on another person uh, like a dog would to mark their territory. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if this is like if, if Pissgate in, uh, in in Anonymous's question is an ownership thing. Uh, you know, maybe this guy was a new guy to the team. They wanted to, you know, he had a good game. Uh, they wanted to mark his territory. They wanted to own him. They wanted to claim ownership. So they urinated. I, I don't know, Pez. It's a, I, I can't fathom a time in my own life where I would go, this feels right to me. You know, if we just had a full day Saturday playing with the lads, uh, what <laughs> the only way to top this off is uh, get yourself into a warm shower and, you know, just just let go on someone's leg. Thoughts? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at the wording. And he describes the offence that this um, club legend took uh, about him being pissed on as a shame. (laughs) <laughs> it was a shame yeah. that when I pissed on him, he took offence. <laughs> that he reacted like that. Not, I'm sorry or I question whether I should have done it. It's just a shame uh, that he took offence that when I stood in the shower with this guy who, you know, helps us win, yes. that I decided to urinate on him. 
and then to ask us with no facts other than what Anonymous provides yep. whether him not playing anymore is a result of mm. a bad divorce or being pissed upon. Mm. Yeah. Is it that um, or his wife? Or, what about his wife, Pez? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would humbly suggest it could be both. Yes. Also, she flaunts herself during the game. What's the, I mean, God, what a what a bad turn of luck for this bloke mm. who just gets professionals out, has teams three for shit, takes multiple hat tricks, mm. and then realizes that all the while he's being pissed on, and his wife divorces him and turns up to cricket and flaunts herself anyway. Mm. Why is she still going to cricket if they divorce? Well, it, the wording here it's, is that she flaunts herself. She flaunts herself. During, well, important during important cup games, cup games. she doesn't so come to the, she doesn't come to the early rounds. Only it's the important, the, you know, the big blockbusters. Once it gets to the final stages, the, the knockout rounds, uh, just the important yeah. cup games where she's flaunting herself. Um, this, is the, this is the flip side of those places where club cricket is really thriving when it's a real community event. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like I'm actually saving this story for hopefully a book that I write one day, but. Um, I'll just say it now anyway because mm-hmm. I have no bit discipline. But uh, I caught up with an old deputy headmaster of mine the other day. Don't ask why. We're just both in Melbourne and we said g'day and it was nice. And uh, he is a sports chaplain on the side and he was telling me this story about sport. It's like an agency and clubs call in their sports chaplains to help when they're struggling, you know, whether it's spiritually or um, morally or otherwise. Amazing. Don't ask me why. It's just a thing that exists. And... He told me a story of being called into a club that was now on its knees struggling uh, because the club had engaged at the first grade level in uh, some of the players had engaged in wife swapping. Nice. And uh, the wife swapping had caused some problems. (laughs) (laughs) Now the club was struggling to stay afloat. I'm not going to say any more. Saving it for the book. But uh, the sports chaplain came in to help fix the club where some uh, organised wife swapping had gone awry. (laughs) I love the great, great, not dysfunctional at all game. (laughs) I love the idea that, like, (laughs) some organised wife swapping had occurred and they thought, well, we need to get the chaplain in for this. (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's the fun. yeah. Who's, I mean, who's the one yeah, guy who can solve this? Rev, what are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, well, the club was struggling to pay its fees, you know, its fees and <laughs> like that because the wife swapping had deterred people from playing cricket again. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> just, what, are you, what about the wife swapping, boys? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you know, sometimes you know. Share, you know, share kit. You know, they swap gloves. Can't use your bat. Yeah, no problems. Box getting a little bit personal. How about your wife? Andy Watto writes in. He says, "Lads, I've recently been fielding questions from a number of acquaintances who must be deep diving the TGC archives." In quotations, was that you on the grey cricketer back in 2018? Should I a bask in the momentary sunshine and bank on the social capital of a fleeting mention on a niche podcast, or B, take umbrage to the fact that so my, uh, my so-called friends believe there are other individuals also operating, operating under the moniker Andy Watto, better suited to having their drivel read out on said podcast. C, both. Well, okay. You know, wh- why do people cloak some of these questions that are ultimately compliments with, like, 
with insults. I don't know. Firstly, niche podcast mm. is a tautology. Mm. All podcasts are niche. You know, what mm. podcast is generic? Secondly, mm. it ain't niche, mate. There's... <laughs> just, I don't have that much anger in me this morning, to be honest. I'm just trying to do another bit. <laughs> it is niche. Mm. Podcast is niche. Uh, what should you do about get, you know, about, uh, well, I don't know, Andy, what, I mean, what, it, what's the other option to claim that it wasn't him? Other individuals operating is this the same? under the Monica Andy Water? Is this, is this the same like Andy? Going, oh, should, I, should I lie and say it wasn't me? Yeah, this, it wasn't the Andy who wrote, he wrote a question about wife swapping a while ago, but which he didn't read out. We did have another question of his, um, but he was, he was talking about wife swapping, how his, his wife left him for a friend. <laughs> See, now I'm doing a thing where I'm sledging it back because that never happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. I appreciate it, Andy. I appreciate you now having two questions read out on this podcast. Is it the Andy Water mm. that you know, friends out there? Mm. Yes, it is. It, it probably is. Yes. Maybe it's Shane Watson under a moniker. Fucking Shane Watson, yeah, honestly. Know. Just ungettable. White whale. <laughs> Come on, Watto. Is he scared? Is he scared that we're going to do review jokes because he thinks that yeah, we embody the, the fucking thing. morons and, out there? Uh, going, we're we going to review it. <laughs> fucking kill me. Sorry, William Kennedy. Right. <laughs> Good afternoon, fellas. I don't have a, I don't have Twitter, nor understand how hashtags actually work. Hashtag hashtag. <laughs> not bad, Will. Like it. Oh, not bad, Billy. I need some major moral consultation here as to whether or not my father is a good man. (laughs) 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 That's really well worded. I like it. He was an honest Catholic who occasionally attends Easter and or Christmas Mass, yes. But that's besides the point. Yeah, he's loyal to the tribe. I get it. Mm -hmm. He was president of my junior cricket association for a few seasons. A team one age group below mine was short two players and my own team was having... Uh, come off an unbeaten premiership season, was overstacked in the right arm, medium slash middle order batsman department. In order to not have a team forfeit their season and place their subs elsewhere, he suggested that I drop an age group and my brother move up two age groups to help fill the site. I can happily say that I won the association batting trophy and a close third in the bowling. Not bragging, but I did get only get out once in the season. I peaked too early and have not adjusted to playing men superior and older than myself at cricket, and I wish I could blame my father for this. <laughs> Is he to blame for my lack of progression as a cricketer? Is he morally justified having moved me down an age division so that nine others could play cricket? Or should I retrospectively be stripped of my batting trophy? A really fantastic question. Um, and I'm glad we, we had time for this one today, Pez. Um... I don't think his father's a bad man. I think this. Uh, I think this just shows that his dad, you know, really needed this. He he, he needed something, and, and this was the thing that he needed. He needed to go back to back in a premiership season. Um, he needed to alpha you by making sure nine other kids had a great Saturday by getting a game in, um, even though you would never recover uh, playing <laughs> playing men in cricket, which I'm glad you specified. Um, he is to blame for your lack of progression in cricket. That's not your own fault or your own skill level. That's your dad's fault. Um, is he morally justified having moved me down an age division so that Niners could play cricket? No. No, not really. Uh, morally, no. Um, you know, he's obviously a man of the Lord uh, and he, you know, we'll have to answer to him one day. Um, yes, you should be stripped of your batting trophy. Yes, 
Yes, you should be. <laughs> you, you were older yeah, than the other kids. I don't know, William. If you're wondering why you can't play against men, I would suggest that it's not because of, of a little tinkering with age groups. And maybe ask yourself, why did Dad make me play with younger younger kids? Yeah. Maybe it was just your skill level, William. <laughs> maybe it was just your skill level. Uh, now, here goes. There's a surprise here. Okay. You believe that the Ask TGCs are over. I there. do. Now, I have um, been given a private Ask TGC message <clears throat> that concerns you. Oh, okay. Uh, and I've read it, and I believe it's worthy of reading out. Okay. Well, I'm doing the edit, uh, so we'll, this guy, what does it go one or two ways? Good point. <laughs> uh, well made. And I shouldn't have raised this until I was doing the edit. <laughs> Nevertheless, we've come this far. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we'll just... I mean, I guess if I don't hear it in the show, I'll just ask again. <laughs> but yep. uh, he goes, a question for you. It's from... Um, somebody who whose moniker is BG's84. Mm-hmm. Right. And the question goes, and this will wrap up the show. Every time I hear Ian bemoan the standard of Pakistan fielding slash catching with comparisons to third grade, I'm reminded of his one subfielding first grade appearance. Subfielding in brackets. Mm. Having previously captained him, I had an ad and misplaced sense of pride when he sauntered on to replace an injured bowler. Aside, yes, I played first grade, but this is not about me. Boundary riding at point, brackets, his preferred angle on the game, and one, it must be said, he was highly accomplished from. He means that. He bounced in to collect a firm cut shot, only to be outdone by the infamous second bounce spin. The ball evaded him, and I mean completely. He didn't even manage a touch, and awaited his collection from the Chatswood Oval gutter. I, could, I couldn't help but smile amid the vocal derision from those on and off the field. It was nice not to be the biggest imposter on the field for a change. Full stop. There's no question. <laughs> no question. Just a statement. Um, <clears throat> great chance for me to get some names in here to this story. Um, Bo Casson was the bowler. Uh, one test oh, cap. Oh, good. Greg Mayle yeah, was the batsman. Greatest great cricketer of all yeah. time. Smashed all records. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Nicholson, I think, was playing that game. Yeah, he was. He was. He was playing that game. Uh, Craig Simmons mm. of Big Bash fame. Uh, they were all playing, and then there was me, mm. who had had uh, two beers uh, on the sideline watching first grade play on a Sunday because that's what you do. Um, then there was an injury, so I came onto the field um, and uh, was filling a backward point. Um, Bo Casson was bowling to Greg Mal, half tracker. I was. I was livid with him. I said, "Bo, pitch it up, mate." Any, any danger of pitching one up. As he bowled it, yeah. yeah as, he, <laughs> as, he, as he bowled it. Mm. Greg Mal, late cut. Um, just didn't even get a hand on it. Did not even touch it. Uh, BG's 84 is right. Didn't get a hand on it. Went for four. And I had to pick a ball up from where uh, I'd previously been drinking my two beers um, in front of my friends, uh, rightly said, to the derision. Um, because whilst they were supporting uh, my team, they weren't supporting me that day. So that's a real thing that happened. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to tell you. Just got some names into a well, story. Well, I, I guess, does that give you any pause or cause to reconsider your comments about Pakistan fielding and, and fielding of those sides that essentially aren't in cricket's um, monstrous top three? No, I feel confident that I'm a now. better fielder than 90% of international cricketers and Pakistan were a fucking disgrace that day and they should apologise to the ICC. Well, that's all the time we've got for the grey cricketer uh, this week. Uh, what you've just heard there is the classic 
attitude of any Sydney third grader, um, better player than most internationals. We'll catch you next week. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hope you don't mind. <laughs> uh, great. Good show. Good show.